1: Peyton, keep talking that shit. we going to see him soon, you feel mm-hmm. me?
2: Welcome to another edition of the Budding Heads podcast from Ramstock Radio, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Barrow here as always with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, you know, it feels fitting today. I think we can officially do this. Uh, barring me just forgetting to do my job on this podcast next week, I think we finally have to officially retire the Sean Payton soundbite this week. It feels like an end of an era but it feels like time because even though he's still talking that shit, we will not see him soon as he has stepped down as head coach of the Saints.
1: Makes you wonder where he's going to end up at. And hopefully, I he's doubt coach. he's done coaching.
2: Yeah, I, I, I would love to see him end up in uh, maybe like Seattle because he's a bad coach and he'll get exposed as a fraud. <laughs>
1: The hatred is real.
2: The uh, Sean, uh, fun fact about Sean Payton, he's the only, co- this is a true fact, the only coach in NFL history to be suspended by the league. Only head coach. Sorry. Wow. Only one. There's one. It's him.
1: Uh, that, so, nope. That is interesting.
2: Uh, other coaches, other head coaches have been suspended. Well, only one, and it was a team suspension. Uh, A handful of coaches have been suspended by the league for other reasons, though the vast majority of the coaches suspended by the NFL were coaches on Sean Payton's staff. So good for him. Good riddance. Uh, Wish him the best of luck. Can't wait to see Kevin James play him in a movie, I guess. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Bigger fish to fry this week. Obviously huge weekend of football Uh, arguably the best playoff weekend of football in the history of the league and the Rams came out victorious against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 30 to 27 in a just wild game I was I went to Tampa for this game it was nuts Uh, I feel like I must have just I must—I must have just like mentally blacked out during the fourth quarter, Johnny. I—I uh, I was a little little drunk, but I wasn't blacked out drunk. I can promise you that. Uh, but I just forgot <laughs> how just how rough the fourth quarter was. Like I—I I rem- Obviously, I knew they blew the lead, but uh, boy, was it worse than I even remembered watching it from the seats.
1: So so, what gave it away? Was it the many dropped footballs or the lack of creativity in the play calling?
2: I, I think I wrote a bullet list of ways we blew this game. Most of them were in the third and fourth quarter, and it's like 10 plays long of just ways the Rams attempted to hand this game to Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess they had so much respect for Tom Brady that they really wanted him to go on to the NFC championship game. But luckily <laughs> the, the Bucks were, or at least the Bucks secondary just didn't really want to continue.
2: <laughs> the, the real, like the, like I remembered most things happened, but the real thing I forgot was that the Rams actually like stop them when they were driving down the field with four and a half minutes left up 14, they get a stop and they still blow it. Uh, my God, man. That was that was tough, but boy, I would arguably worth it to get what we got to end that game, man. Just unbelievable stuff. And I mean, if we're going to start anywhere, just a big, big shout-out to Matthew Stafford. Never lost his cool. Uh, the one game where he's not turning the ball over like a madman, the team still has four turnovers. Only one of them can even be mildly attributed to him. And he just... We've mentioned the bad habits he picked up in Detroit through his career, but I guess the best habit he picked up was he just never had anything to lose. So he never uh, just quits or gets in his own head or gets down on himself during games because he'll just go out there every drive, no matter what happens on the previous possession on offense or on defense. He'll just go out there and fucking ball out, man. Uh, The the last two throws he had in this game were just incredible. Obviously, the the bomb to Cooper Cup to, to seal the deal. Just an insane play by both of them, and I mean, man, it's now. Now I think we can finally say that we can be completely content with the Jared Goff trade, bringing Matthew Stafford, give up two picks, because here's the result showing themselves in the biggest stage possible right now.
1: Really, the uh, past two games in the playoffs, I feel like we've seen the best of Matt Stafford in, in this season. It's Matthew. I, I don't. Huh?
2: It's Matthew.
1: Ah, I mean, I just shortened his name. It's his name
2: <laughs> Lions fans were very adamant when we traded for him that his name is Matthew.
1: Well, <laughs> excuse me, Lions fans. Uh okay. So Matthew Stafford. I feel like we, we've seen the best football from Matthew Stafford in in this pl- two playoff games than we've had all season long. I, I I think that's pretty safe to say.
2: Yeah, I I at least two of them. Uh I mean just monster performances. And, and you know, today like Sunday, not not a perfect performance totally, but as near a perfect performance as you can get. Um I was surprised that his QB rating and his pro football focus rating weren't, you know I guess 121 ratings pretty good. 67 QBR 28-38, to 38, 366 yards, two touchdowns. Just, my God, man. Every, everything we could have wanted in more through these two playoff games. Like, it, there's not really much to add. You know, if he's not turning the ball over, I, I don't see us losing. I, you know, I, I genuinely don't. Especially next week, uh, if he has a clean game, we got to win. I mean, we'll talk about that. Somehow we got to play the fucking 49ers again. But uh, <laughs> we'll talk to that at the end of the pod. But, I mean, man, e- even if, you know, I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I even feel good about playing the Chiefs, man. It's, they, they just look like he looked so good in this game. And obviously there are things that happen in this game that cannot happen, but I, I put this up on Twitter today. You know, I've been saying all year, and I think you've been echoing me as well, it, it, like the Rams had a lot of games against not so good teams where they did a bunch of stupid bullshit to end the game almost blew a lead and still were able to come away with the game despite making so many mistakes. And we kept saying, you know, that's not going to fly in the playoffs. Well, here we are. It's the playoffs. They did the same shit, and they still won the game against Tom fucking Brady. It's like things are going too right, like, to an extent right now. Like, it's just wild.
1: It's – um, I I feel like it's so bizarre seeing – the tails of two halves here because the first half was fucking flawless. Like, I if you look at, at how efficient the Rams were on both sides of the football, you, you'd think that they could put the Bucks away and, and win by, like, 50 points. Like, they were playing that well. And somehow, in the second half, I, I don't know, maybe they just got too laxed. Or I, I really don't have an explanation for it. Hell, I don't even think the Rams have an explanation for it. They just somehow forgot how to play football in the second half. You know? And I can, I can live with a few mistakes because they're human after all. But, like, some of these mistakes were so avoidable... And it was so laughable to see seeing some of those mistakes this late in the game in a playoff game. It, it was ridiculous. Like, I, I'd, I'd laugh just so I wouldn't fucking cry.
2: <laughs> it, it was so much worse than I remember sitting there. Because I feel like sitting in the seats, like, I very quickly went from, like, we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay, we're going to be okay, to we're about to lose this fucking game. Like, it just happened so quickly. Like I felt, I felt good for so long. And then it was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And the, the last five minutes, like sometimes those things feel like an eternity. I feel like it went so quickly, how quickly this game went to shit. And then just came all the way back around in the other direction for us to win. Just like how quickly that last sequence of events happened. Uh, I guess we could start with this. Cause I, I, I can go through my list of all the ways the Rams attempted to blow this game. Uh, Really, the only thing in the first half that contributed to this was uh, late in the second quarter, Cam Akers fumbled on the two yard line. There's like 20 seconds left. If he doesn't drop that ball, we could go up 27 to three, or at worst, 23 to three. That likely, given what happened in the second half, uh, we were able to get a touchdown, puts the game away, uh, but wasn't meant to be. It was a tough fumble. Uh, I-, I think, honestly, it was a worse fumble. Than his second fumble in terms of actually taking care of the ball, but we we'll can talk about that later. So let's run through this list. They're they're up twenty-seven to three midway through the third quarter. Like seven minutes left in the third, they take a twenty-seven to three lead. <laughs> Cooper Cup fumbles late in the third, very uncharacteristic unchar- of him. You know, it can't happen, but at the same time, he's the number one reason we're here. So you he, he can't get too mad at him. Uh Darius Williams gave up a fourth and nine catch to Scotty Miller. Uh just keeps the 40 or the the Bucks driving, but even after that happens, uh <laughs> like a- after the touchdown drive, the the Bucks have go 27 to 3 to 13. Uh Rams go three and out again, they punt. Fourth quarter just starts. Von Miller comes in, gets a huge strip sack. Uh, gets all the momentum back in our in our way, and then immediately the next play, Brian Allen throws a snap over Matthew Stafford's head. It wasn't a bad snap. It was a poorly timed snap. Matthew Stafford wasn't looking for the ball. Ball goes 25 yards backwards. Stafford probably could have recovered it if he dove on the ball, but if you watch the replay, instead he just kind of, like, dives and, like, looks like he's trying to cut the defender's legs out. Uh, both of them probably share a bit of blame for that, you know, even if Stafford's not expecting the ball. You got to be a little more alert than that, um, but they give the ball right back to them. And, I, and even with that, on the next drive, they, the Bucks still go for and out on downs, 12 minutes left in the game. And even on that play, Eric Weddle almost blows it by uh, getting an unnecessary headshot on, I believe it was Mike Evans happened after the play was actually the right call even though it's kind of ridiculous that the Rams got the ball back there but even that happens they do that they drive down the field uh long drive they're up 14 with the ball six and a half minutes left Matthew Matt Gay I almost called him Matthew uh misses an uncharacteristic 40 yard (laughs) field goal really out of the blue again he's one of the reasons we're here you can't get that mad but things are piling up the craziest thing that I didn't remember was the Rams actually made a defensive stop on the next possession. Again, they're still up 27-13 to 13 with 426 left. Rams go three and out. They play pretty conservatively. Uh, I will say they did call a passing play on third down at least. Stafford didn't see anything. He throws it over to Sonny Michelle on the check down route. Listen, you're up 14 and you get the Bucks to use three timeouts and you at least call a passing play to see if something's there. I'm not going to hold McVay too poorly for that. Um, I mean, before I continue to rattle down this list, you said the coaching felt conservative. Did, did you not like that sequence when we had the ball there uh, and just made him take the timeouts?
1: Well, here's the thing. I I understand a lot of what Sean McVay tries to do, especially when they had, you know, such a, a high lead. But at the same time, it you could tell that when they started playing a little bit differently, uh, I say more conservatively, you could tell that the offense was out of sync. And I feel like that's the number one reason as to why a lot of these turnovers happen. Not all of it, don't get me wrong, but things like running running the ball, when you have no creativity and you you pretty much everyone in the building knows that Sean McVay is going to run the football against one of the best run defenses in the league. Of course, they're going to try and strip Cam Akers. You know, that that to me is what pissed me off more than anything, is you have this rhythm, you have everything going very, very well for the team, and you throw it out of sync by playing so damn conservatively.
2: Yeah, but I mean, in their defense, they did at least like, I, I was it the 49ers game where they just ran heavy set three plays in a row and just didn't even come close Yeah, um, in a similar situation? At least they come out a gun and th- call a passing play and, you know, you can't. I was glad they looked to pass, but again, like you, you shouldn't this shouldn't be a situation where you throw the ball fifty yards down the field to Van Jefferson and double coverage or some shit like that. Like I, I was fine with them at least calling the passing play. Nothing's there. Uh he checks it down. It is what it is. That you get him to use the timeouts. But even after this, Bucks come down the field uh very quickly because Jalen Ramsey gets cooked in single coverage on a Mike Evans deep pass. Usually I would be fine with leaving Jalen Ramsey in single coverage because he's Jalen Ramsey. But you're up 14. Uh, If there's ever a time to have safeties over the top, they have no timeouts left and needed two touchdowns. Come on. Somebody's got to be there to help him out. Uh, He's the best player on the field, Mike Evans, for them. That one was tough to swallow, and it's Ramsey. You know, again, we're naming a lot of players in this list that don't usually make mistakes and are fucking it up for us. Uh, He scores a touchdown. They come back. They play conservatively. In this situation, it's a little different because they have no timeouts. Um, And honestly, if Cam Akers doesn't fumble the ball, he might pick up the first down and end the game because he's running really well in this series. And he fumbles it. Uh, Tommy on the the Ramsuck pod yesterday mentioned – you know this was a big time play by Anamakan Sue, more on him, less on Cam Akers, less on Cam Akers. And I agree, but doesn't feel good to fumble that late in the game. The Bucks turn around, get a touchdown, or the Bucs turn around. It the Rams even still playing well. It's third and 10. Cameron fucking beats David Long and Eric Watt on a play, and then t- McVay takes a timeout, gives the refs a chance to review the fourth and one call they go to the booth they ultimately don't overturn it but it's just again like the McVays school timeout management out in full force uh during these last couple weeks bucks come back and score the next play anyway it doesn't really matter uh they didn't overturn the call ultimately maybe the timeout call won us the game because we get enough time that whole fucking laundry list of things we did wrong and Stafford connects with Cooper Cup two plays in a row. They spike the ball. Matt Gay hits the game-winning kick. The rest is history. But Jesus, man, it's a laundry list of things that they did wrong. It's a lot of players involved, and it's just scary because we're going into another game where even though I we are the better team than San Francisco, they're hot right now. They have our number. We already blew a lead to them earlier in the season. You got to do better than what they did after they took that 24-point lead. 24 is a lot of points. They gave themselves just enough cushion to survive, and they really almost blew it. But it just I, I don't even know like what to make of this. It was such a fucking colossal fuck-up. I'm just still shocked that they actually, A, that it actually happened at all, and B, that they were actually able to come together and pull it out, which is a testament to them as a team, and a testament, too, to this defense, they, they played out of their minds because, really, the offense was doing everything they could to set them up for failure. But I, I don't even know, man. Like, what do, you, what do we even take away from that fourth quarter? I don't even know what to sit here and say about it.
1: I just think that the the Rams will be okay if they continue to play like they do in the first half. That means everything. That means down from the play calling – to the execution. Obviously I don't expect the Rams to continue the, you know, four turnovers that that's probably, that's probably something they're going to try to avoid. Uh, I I, I mean, I would hope so anyway, but I I think the turnovers can be lessened. I I would hope so. The ultimate, Ultimate thing from here, exactly like they do from quarter one to quarter four, and I think if they do that, that the Rams win and maybe win, you know, decisively. I I'm I'm sick I'm sick and tired of seeing conservative style play. You know, I I, I understand that it wasn't as bad as the week 18 loss to the 49ers. Uh, In terms of the play calling, but you know it's still being altered in a way that it doesn't look like the same team that initially starts the game. And if it's to be respectful to the other teams, fuck the respect, you know. Disrespect them. This this is football, after all, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Run up the fucking score. To fifty points if you have to, you know, because obviously playing conservatively is not getting the job done. Get the job done. Move on to the Super Bowl. That is the goal.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to like. It's just because the like the reason they blew this lead was because they couldn't stop turning the ball over, and all th- all four fumbles in this game were uncharacteristic fumbles. I. Uh, Stafford and Brian Allen haven't had issues snapping the ball this season. Cooper Cup never fumbles. Uh, Cam Akers fumbled one time last season. And so it's not like he has a fumbling problem. Uh, you know, not even just lost fumbles. Like he literally, if if I'm reading pro football reference correctly, he had one fumble last year, period. Uh, he lost it in week 17 against the Niners. So it, it's not like... He didn't have a fumbling problem. Cooper Cup doesn't have a fumbling problem. Matthew Stafford and uh Brian Allen didn't have a, a problem connecting. If it was uh you know, if Stafford threw three picks in this game, then I'd be more concerned long term than what we saw. It just like it just kind of feels like an act of God. Like, I don't understand how this happened. Uh it's just This game had to get made entertaining. Brady, if this is it for him, I personally don't think it is, but he got one last little jolt of Brady magic in there. And you're right. Like, you know, if the Rams are up 24 points with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter against the 49ers, they're not losing. There's no fucking way. The Chiefs, maybe. The Bengals, maybe. Uh, But they're not losing next week if they come out in the first half, play like this on all sides. And uh, it's... (laughs) <laughs> I, I like. I, I feel g- good, I guess I feel a lot There's so much more positives to take out of this game than negatives It's just a giant shitstorm of things that happened in the fourth quarter That made us almost lose the game And the odds of all of these things happening again are so low They're so low
0: We're driven by the search for better But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Isn't to search at all Don't search match with Indeed
1: It is. It is. Um, It's like you said, it's not very common to see uh, the Rams turn over the ball in this manner, you know, and and the fact that really none of this is kind of like how the turnovers have been accumulating in the past, meaning like a very careless, you know, throws by Matthew Stafford or ill-advised throws from Stafford. You know, really none of these, with the exception of maybe the miscommunication between him and Brian Allen, none of these was a direct result of Matt Stafford. And that to me is is huge progress because, uh, I mean, even down to some of his decision making, you, you've seen him do something that he hasn't done all season, which is throw the football away. You've also seen him, you know, take the sack. You know, uh, it sucks when it happens, but I, I'd much rather, you know, live to see another down rather than a pick six, you know, um, and and really, I feel like that's, that's going to be the key factor of the Rams winning this football game is to limit the turnovers. Obviously, the turnovers are bad regardless, but limit the turnovers, make better decisions. Stafford has been fantastic in making decisions uh the pe- uh the past two games in the playoffs. If he continues that into this game, I think the Rams will be more than fine. You know? Uh and of course, finish the fucking game. That's the that's the main thing. Finish the game.
2: Yeah, man, it's tough and I mean the defense was like there's a lot of th- plays they didn't make in the second half, but they made a lot of plays in the second half. Uh, they – three possessions in a row, uh, they forced a fumble. They forced a turnover on downs. They forced a turnover on downs. Uh, the offense just couldn't – like – the, the st- if, if Stafford doesn't fumble the snap, this game doesn't get close. If Matt Gay doesn't miss that field goal, this game doesn't get close. If Cam Akers doesn't fumble at the end of the game, this game doesn't get close. It's just somehow all three of those things happen. And, I mean, this is where we are, but uh, I don't know. It's, it's just – I think it says more that they still won this game, given everything that happened, than the fact that all this shit happened. Um, I will give them a lot of props for not folding, for doing everything they, they could to – even though they were shooting themselves in the foot a lot, they, they – continued to press on and and pulled it off um let's go through some individual performances in this game uh just we don't it's like cooper cup man just a fucking ungodly performance out of war out of this world uh he is probably you know i've been hesitant to say it all year because there's a lot of talented players in the NFL right now, but he is looking like he's the best receiver in football and is certainly playing like he's the best receiver in football. Nine catches, 183 yards, one touchdown. Two of the biggest plays in franchise history, maybe, during this game for him. Uh, The most receiving yards by a Rams player in a playoff game since Tom Fears in 1950. So basically the most by a modern era Ram passing Isaac Bruce uh, in the Super Bowl against Tennessee at 162. Uh, just he came through every time we needed him. Like That's what it felt like. And he, to me, the, is the number one reason we won this football game. We said all this stuff about Stafford, but hey, Stafford doesn't do, do all this without Cup, man. He's just on another level right now. There's not much more we could say. If they voted for the MVP after the playoffs ended, he'd win the MVP.
1: Without a doubt. And he is the best receiver in football. I'll say that.
2: You're not getting an argument from me today. How can I? How can I, man? Um, Cam Akers, obviously we talked about the two fumbles. I I mean, are you with me that, like, I, I don't think he has a fumbling problem. I think he's going to lose a lot of sleep this week that he had those two fumbles, and I don't really foresee this being an issue. Sean McVay, didn't, Sean McVay said he has full confidence in him. They played him the whole fucking game, so you know I would like to see him get a little less of the snap share next week, but clearly they're confident in him. I think it's more of a fluke that he had these two fumbles. Uh, even though the numbers don't jump off the page for him, he only averaged two yards of carry, he looked good running the ball for the most part uh, and played well in the passing game. And clearly, based on the snap share for him, he's their guy, and they're not going to lose faith in him. Maybe let's get Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson a little more in the mix than Cam... I I could pull up Cam Akers' snap count in a second, but uh, dude played almost the entire game, uh, 81% of the snaps in this game. So clearly, he's their guy, and I, I view this more of a fluke than anything that he fumbled twice.
1: My only concern in all of this is if he loses confidence uh, because in terms of a fumbling problem, I don't, I I agree. I I don't believe that he has a fumbling problem. It it just, you know, it happens, happens to the best of, of the running backs in the league. So my, my only concern is this, this is a guy that did come back from a major injury. Um, I'm hoping that this doesn't, you know, live rent head that he just, you know, brushes it off, say, Hey, this is new week. Um, You know, try and try and do the best he can, which I'm sure he will. But uh, as long as it kind of gets it out of his head a little bit and just be the cam makers, we know he can be Uh, even, you know, before he fumbled the football, he was doing a, a decent job considering he was going up against, you know, one of the better run defenses in the NFL.
2: Yeah, man, and it's the the first fumble, like, you just got to hold, like, he's just got to hold the ball tighter. That's really all it comes down to on both of these. Um, you know, the the second one, you got to be a little more protective of the ball in that situation, but in his defense, it was a great play by Nadam who's a borderline Hall of Famer, so it, it, you, I don't think he's going to lose confidence over this, and I think the team will do everything they can to make sure he doesn't, because... Clearly, he just they they believe in him, and as they should. Uh, besides the fumbles, he's he's looked really solid. Uh, other offensive notes: <laughs> How about Kendall Blanton getting a touchdown in the playoffs?
1: I, I was just so stunned. I was like, "Are you sure that was Blanton?"
2: <laughs> he had another catch that was like a, a good catch, like not even just like being wide open, just like he made a play. Uh, and- two catches for eighteen yards and a touchdown. Uh, never thought I'd see that. My yeah, major
1: kudos to him i mean this is a guy that we weren't even sure was gonna be on the roster at any point uh says a lot about bryson hopkins doesn't it <laughs> yeah man yes it does
2: uh i don't have a lot to say about odell this week other than like we wouldn't be here without him man he's been huge he's been so good
1: yeah uh i i, I got <laughs> i i are you um are you someone that watches tiktok a lot steve
2: I work in social media, so I have to a little bit. Uh, I I got to be on the talk a little.
1: Dude, there's a TikToker goes by the name of Trap House Sports. You know, big shout out to this guy. I I think he's one of the most hilarious TikTokers regarding the NFL ever. Um, he he said it right when he when I'm I'm gonna quote him and saying he calls him Oh hell no Beckham. And I'm like, that's fucking brilliant. Because <laughs> I, I mean, seriously, literally some of these plays, you're like, oh hell no, he made that play. And and yeah, he's oh hell no, Beckham. Like, I I'm I'm stunned. Like this some of these catches he's making, you you think this is prime Odell, but you know, he he somehow still makes these plays, and I'm like. Where have you been for like the past what four seasons? <laughs>
2: I mean this this is the best he's looked in probably four or five years. Uh, you know, even better than probably his last season with the Giants. I really hope they could keep him, man. Uh, we'll see what happens. They have no money. We'll talk about that in a, in a couple weeks. Uh, hopefully not till late February because we're playing in the Super Bowl and don't need to. But he he definitely wants to be here. But I I also don't think he's going to take one million dollars. So well, I'm, I'm sure the Rams did everything they can to free up some money to, to keep him around. I don't, th- I don't think there's a ton to say about the offensive line this week, other than Joe Nopu played really well, stepping in for Andrew Whitworth and, you know, they gave up some sacks to gave him some pressures, but when you're playing the bucks, it's, that's going to happen. You're not going to pitch a perfect game. So all things considered, they got the job done.
1: Yeah. And this is all, this is all without big wit. So, um even i i have to say when i found out big wit wasn't able to go this week i i was i was truly nervous because this is this is a spectacular defensive front and uh the fact that they were able to contain them you know big kudos to this offensive line hopefully this continues in san francisco
2: yeah man yeah it's i i i got faith it will and Let's go to the other side of the ball on the defensive line. You know, we have been saying that, like, to ju- we said this last week, the, the, the Von Miller trade, early on, his presence wasn't totally felt, and we gave up a lot to get him. So, you know, it was going to come down to how he played in the playoffs to know if that trade was worth it. And I mean, boy, he is making it so that we will have absolutely no chance to bring him back based on how he's played the last two weeks, because we will have no money to sign him. Uh, in this game, 10 pressures, a 93-grade on pro football focus. Uh, the strip sack was insane and ultimately amounted to nothing, unfortunately, but uh, just an incredible play by him. The Bucks were down their right tackle, Tristan Wirfs, their best, probably their best offensive lineman in this game, and Von Miller took advantage of it. He's going against a backup tackle, and it looked like he was going against a backup tackle. This is probably the the best football game he's played since uh, Super Bowl 50 where he won MVP. Guy is fired up. he is elevating the entire defensive line even more than Aaron Donald already has now that they're both there together. And, you know, we've said for this team to win uh, based on shortcomings in the secondary, which we saw on display in this game against a great quarterback and a, and a solid group of pass catchers, the defensive line needs to be absolutely elite in the pass rush, and they were again on Sunday, and Von Miller this week was, more than Aaron Donald, the anchor behind that, even though Donald also had a fantastic game.
1: Makes a question, though, because uh, you know some of these guys have, uh, I mean, obviously you know that Aaron Donald's going to do his thing. You know Von Miller's going to do his thing. But uh, the rest of the interior or the rest of the defensive line, I should say, um, guys like A'shaun Robinson and Greg Gaines have stepped up tremendously to the point where the the loss of Sebastian Joseph Day hasn't really been felt that much. You know, obviously, I think the Rams are better with him on the, um, you know, starting, but you know what? Uh, It hasn't really been that terrible without him. And if
2: Gaines, Gaines has played better than Sebastian Joseph Day did this year, I don't think that's a controversial thing to say. And that's not I even a knock on SJD. He's just played really well. And,
1: and that kind of brings up my my point is, um, what if, because, uh, Sebastian Joseph Day wasn't able to go this week, obviously. But, uh, if he's able to go against San Francisco, um, do you, how often do you keep him out on the field?
2: You wrote, you rotate him as, as you need to. I think you're, you're not taking gain, gains out of a spot. Um, and it seems like, and, and I could, I got to pull up the snap counts, but it felt like in this game a lot, they were playing um, like, mo- like three edge rushers and just moving them around. Like it felt like there was multiple possessions where, and maybe this is just not true. Correct, please correct me if it's not true. It felt like there were multiple possessions where you would get Floyd Miller and then also like Justin Hollins or Oboe.
1: No, no, that's that's accurate. Um, I I uh seen uh quite a quite a bit of uh Oboe and Hollins out there as well. Uh, so yeah, I would say that's accurate.
2: Yeah, and uh, Oboe I think had a, had a 90. 90 pro PFF grade in this game. So good for him. Uh like looking at looking at the snap share. Aaron Donald played a hundred percent of the snaps in this game, and Gaines actually played ninety-seven. Uh so maybe that's not totally true. <laughs> but uh, uh I, like I guess those two dudes just didn't come out the field. So uh but at the same time, A Sean played thirty-five percent, Oboe played twenty-four, Hollins played twenty-one, uh, and Floyd played eighty-nine. Miller played seventy-five. So they all did play. Even Marcus Copeland sunk in there for three three plays. Um so that might be kind of true. Uh but they they were they were mixing in a lot of guys in there. Maybe it was more five man rushes than than we usually see. And whatever they did, it worked. Uh Raheem Raheem Morris is padding that resume for a chance to get another head coaching job, man. Jesus.
1: I, I mean at this point. We can pretty much expect that uh, neither coordinators are going to be back next year.
2: Yeah, well, Vic Fangio got fired, so there are targets out there, um, depending on some of these defensive coordinators, Brian Flores, too, if they don't get head coaching jobs, although I think Flores certainly will. Uh, I don't think is going to.
1: I-, um, I think it's appropriate that I make a big announcement uh, right this second— yeah, so um I just got interviewed by the Houston Texans. I'm I'm gonna <laughs> take the head coaching position for the Houston Texans. I, I shook Sean McVay's hand one time and that was enough to get hired. So um thank you for having me, Steve. It's been great being on Rams Talk, but I gotta go to Houston now.
2: Man, Zach Taylor is coaching in the AFC championship. We're getting poached. They're poaching everybody. <laughs> You, you literally got this dude's quarterback coach, and he's in the AFC Championship. He turned the franchise around. How much of that is because of him? It's definitely more because they drafted Joe Burrow correctly, but he gets credit. He gets a good amount of credit for it, man. I mean, Cliff Kingsbury's got a franchise quarterback, and look at him.
1: Uh, Taylor's doing a great <laughs> job. We were wrong. That's true. That's true. I, I, I mean, there, there, there's – not much to argue there. I mean, Joe Burrow is is, is certainly a future franchise quarterback, if not already a he franchise is. quarterback. He definitely
2: is. He is so, a fucking baller, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm in a way, I'm kind of rooting for him to get to the Super Bowl, man, because, uh, well, first of all, the Bengals, I mean, would you ever predict the Bengals to be in the Super Bowl?
2: This is the first time they've— they've won a playoff game in my entire life was this year.
1: <laughs> that's, that's actually sadly true.
2: <laughs> 30, 30 years, right? It was 30 or 31.
1: So, yeah, I mean, I am I'm, I'm rooting for the guy, man. You know, you, you want to see the ban- you, you always want to see the underdog win, it, it, except for when it comes against the Rams. But, um, I, I don't know. I'd be, mean, well, the Rams were underdogs this week, te- uh, this past week, technically.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, as they should have been, they're on the road against Tom Brady. We all felt good, but it'd be kind of wild if they if they weren't the underdog. Um, other stuff on the defense, no takes on the inside linebackers, good or bad this week, which is great. Fine with it. We might get Ernest Jones back next week. Uh, definitely got to talk about the secondary. Start with the positives, dude. Nick Scott played a fucking ball game. Uh, a guy who I did not think was good this year is making it look like he's really good in the playoffs so far. He played out of his mind.
1: He really did. And that's 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 fantastic news considering that the Rams haven't had their original starting safeties play in the playoffs at all. So um, makes it a little bit easier. Uh hopefully we'll be able to get Taylor Rapp back this week. Uh because I I don't know if I want to see Eric Weddle covering uh, guys like George Kittle out there.
2: Yeah, I uh, Wed- Weddle did, he did fine, um, considering he was on the couch for two weeks ago. You know, he made some mistakes, but you know, for a guy who hasn't played in two years and played eighty-five percent of the snaps against Tom Brady and the defending champs, it was okay. Uh, he could have been a lot worse, but yeah, it wraps on track to play this week. So it seems like we're going to get him back.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.
2: But, I mean, he's Jalen Ramsey. He's earned the benefit of the doubt. There's not really anything to take away there. Uh, more concerning, dude, Darius Williams was abysmal. Um, and we need him to be better than this because if, in theory, you have Ramsey kind of working on taking the best player on the field, off the field when he's covering them, obviously it didn't happen today, or, sorry, Sunday, but um, more or less he succeeds for the most part. You can't have Darius swamsey getting victimized by Scotty Miller, dude. Like it just can't be happening.
1: Yeah, totally agree. I mean, he was essentially a liability in this game. He was a huge and, liability. And uh that that's disappointing considering this was a guy that uh, you know, a, a year ago looked like a, a a freaking pro bowler out there. So, um I I don't know what what happened, but I hope he figures it out really quickly because, yeah, uh, you you better believe that the 49ers are going to look to expose that um, because, yeah, this game, Tom Brady made him look stupid out there. He really did. Tom Brady threw at him 14 times,
2: uh, which is wild. Completed nine passes for 135 yards against Williams. Uh, he graded out 31.7 on pro football focus for reference. Nick Scott got a 91.5 and I feel like we've read Scott in the thirties a lot this year. So good for him, man. Uh, Williams has gotta be better, but in a game where Ramsey doesn't kind of get his ass beat a little bit, I I think it's less of a liability, but like if we get away with next week with a win, there's going to be a lot of questions to answer for the secondary because no matter who we play in the Super Bowl, if we get there, you're going to be going up against a really good quarterback and a really good group of receivers.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's almost kind of like a pick-your-poison type of deal. Yeah.
2: And a good group of receivers next week too, I will say. Uh, a lot of good pass catchers on 49ers, but not a good guy getting in the ball. Uh, we will get to that in a second. We do have to talk about uh, the special teams in this game, man. Uh, I was sitting, uh, on the Bucks bench side in good seats in this game. So I wasn't trying to be too much of an asshole, but I made sure to scream anytime Matt Gay did something positive that the Bucks cut him and that they were idiots for cutting him. And I definitely screamed that when suck up, uh, missed his field goal or every time they kicked a kickoff out of bounds. So I predictably caught a lot of shit when Matt Gay missed the 40 yarder. Uh, but I got my revenge at the end of the game and just got to scream about him, uh, for like two minutes straight. Uh, but Matt Gay kicked us to the NFC championship, Brandon Powell, just an, an, absolute monster again, literally making huge plays. And yet somehow Cooper cup is still out there returning punts in this game, but I don't feel like, I don't feel like doing that one today. Uh, and Ben Skranik, he, he blew up downed punt but in his defense he downed one at the I think the five later in the game Johnny Hecker played well uh the 49ers a huge reason they're in the championship is because their opponent last week had a horrible special teams unit and we were trending in that direction for a while this year that that would be a uh, a thorn in our in our back this year but they got it together and then some Brandon Powell has really changed this unit Uh, Johnny Hecker's been playing better as of late and, you know, Matt Gay obviously has been great all year. Uh, it is great to not talk about this unit as a liability anymore. And I feel like we haven't in a couple weeks.
1: No, I mean, they've truly turned it around. They've become, you know, one of the bright spots on this team. And it's like, where the hell were they, you know, the rest of the season? I, I I know Brandon Powell just kind of got to the scene, but, uh, why hasn't Johnny Hecker been playing like this all season? Matt Gay, I mean, has been doing his thing all season long. That's why he's a pro bowler. But uh, Brandon freaking Powell, man, he, he's the savior, man. We, we need to get, you know, some jerseys of, of Brandon Powell. I, I, I think it needs to happen.
2: If he is a big punt return, if we make the Super Bowl and he is a big punt return and we win, I, I am buying a Brandon Powell jersey. I absolutely
1: will. I feel like you're always upping the stakes each week. And he somehow meets it.
2: Well, yeah, I'm I might. Uh he's realistic. Uh for our longtime listeners, downed punts do not count for me getting a Ben Skoranek jersey. <laughs> they don't count. <laughs> they don't count. Uh Why people, not? a lot of a lot of people have given have have asked me anytime I tweet about I'm doing a good play if I'm gonna get the jersey. Uh <laughs> doesn't count. 80 yards. 80 yards.
1: Um, I, I, I'm really hoping for 80 yards. He man. never will. He never will.
2: Uh, as he should. <laughs> why? Why are we throwing him the ball in the playoffs, man? We he shouldn't be getting targets. There's too many other good pass catchers around him. Um, hey, if
1: he gets an 80 yard bomb, why not?
2: <laughs> if If he scores an 80 yard bomb, I'm I will buy the jersey immediately. Don't worry about it. Um. <laughs> D- did anything else you wanted to hit in this game? I feel like we hit pretty much everything.
1: Nah, nah, we covered it all.
2: Okay. Um, Real quick rapid fire before we get into the 49er game. Um, Andrew Whitworth and Taylor Rapp are expected to play this week. Uh, as I mentioned before, Note Boom played well replacing Whitworth, uh, but it seems like Whitworth's going to be back. Seems like T Rapp's going to be back as well. Uh, rumors are Ernest Jones. Might get activated. Um, But regardless, I feel like we know what to expect from all three of these guys. Uh, It'll be interesting to see how they implement Jones if he comes back. Considering that Howard and Reeder are playing decent. I think if Jones is 100%, he'll go back in and be the lead guy. But, um, you know, Reeder's played in the playoffs before and he hasn't. So, yeah, I would expect a bit of a rotation, I feel like, if he is activated. Obviously, Taylor Rapp's going to be the starter. Andrew is going to be the starter if they're back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think of the, the guys that have been injured a little bit more long-term Ernest Jones is the guy you want back more than anyone. Uh, you know, at, at least from the guys that are realistic to return, you know, Robert Woods unfortunately is not realistic to return, but, um, as far as you know, guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Daryl Henderson, I I don't know if they have they would have a huge role like Ernest Jones would.
2: Yeah, and it seems like he's the most realistic uh, according to what McVeigh's been playing to come back and to play out of uh, the group of guys like Sebastian Joseph Day and Robert Rochelle and and Daryl Henderson.
1: I'd take Rochelle too, though. He'd be nice I mean,
2: to I have. Could... He'd be nice depth, but he's there's no way they jolt him back into the rotation. I feel like at this point,
1: I'll, I'll take anyone at this point. Uh, <laughs> too, too, too many liabilities, man. I mean, it. Yeah, too many liabilities.
2: oh well, uh, well, let's talk about the NFC Championship. I. Right. First of all, can we believe that the Packers didn't win this game? I they lost 13 to 10. The 49ers didn't score any offensive touchdowns. Their only touchdown came on a blocked punt. Um a lot of people are blaming I saw a lot of Packers fans blaming their special teams. But listen, man. You've got Aaron Rodgers and you score 10 fucking points in a playoff game. That's on him, man. That's on him. I don't go blaming your special teams cuz they gave up one touchdown. You score 10 points with Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback in the playoffs at home. You don't deserve to win the football game.
1: Still, though, how demoralizing would that feel when you have an excellent fucking performance by your defense? You know, the offense was disappointing, obviously. But then to lose the game on such a lucky play where they just essentially block a punt... Oddly enough, it was a former Ram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man.
2: Apparently, for all the shit we said about how they should have kept Corey Borkweiss, apparently he's been
1: been bad. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, in in the end, um, it, it's got to be it's got to be very frustrating and demoralizing for Packer fans that th- this was such a lucky play way and they win by this you know um uh, you know not taking anything away from the 49ers either because at, on the other hand they did limit Aaron Rodgers and and a very talented Packers offense so that is something to be said about that but this
2: is how they win games is by bullshit like this just like sticking around long enough for the other team
1: to, to blow it themselves pretty much. And it's, it's a very common trend. If you really go back and look at it.
2: And, and I mean, credit to their defense, man, it's a hell of a performance by them to to hold Rogers to 10 points. But like you look at the box score, it looks fake. Uh, like the, the four, the Packers receivers, not named Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams had two catches for six yards and a fumble. Uh, like Yikes. those were the only om- Aaron Jones and Devon Adams were the only guys getting thrown the football, which feels a little ridiculous. Uh, you know, even Matthew Stafford will throw touchdowns to Kendall Blanton. Um, <laughs> it's like once Mercedes Lewis fumbled, he didn't want to trust anyone else.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Oh,
2: well, well, they're not the team that one, we're not going to Lambeau. We get to play the fucking 49ers again. Uh, we sat here a few weeks ago and said that we were never going to beat this team again. And we hope we don't see them for a long time and less than a month later. Here we are playing the fucking 49ers again. Uh, the Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't thrown a touchdown in the playoffs last week. He went 11 of 19 for 131 yards, no touchdowns, one intersection sacked four times, had an 11.9 QBR in a victory. Uh <laughs> he, he's he's 4 and 1 overall in the playoffs. He's never lost to an NFC team in the playoffs. Um I, I don't it's we like we could sit here and break down the matchup, but what's there to break down, man? We've played this team twice. We know how they're going to beat us. We know how we could beat them. Uh they are going to run the ball down our fucking throats all game because their quarterback is not good and is a liability and if we can just do our thing on offense and contain the run, uh, and not let Debo Samuel have 300 yards. Like we, the recipe is there to win, and we were very close to executing it in Week 18, and they just blew it in the game. You know, you if you're a glass half full kind of guy, you could say the game didn't matter that much to us, um, and ultimately might have ended up benefiting us because it was a way to get Green Bay out of the playoffs. But at the same time, now we have to play this team again. It, it was a double edged sword either way. But I don't know, man. We we can sit here and talk X's and O's if we want, but it's like it's just like how do you feel right now? Like, how do you feel going into another matchup against a team that's beating us six times in a row, this time in the NFC Championship?
1: Uh, you know, it it would be It would be tough to say. That um, I'm 100% confident that the Rams could beat the 49ers in this game. But I'm 100% confident that the Rams could beat the 49ers in this game. A- and the reason being is because last the last game, the Rams should have won. The writing was on the wall there. Now, in the end, 49ers got the W, so that doesn't matter. But that's the whole point. The formula is there, as you said. The execution can easily be there. And the fact that we saw that we've witnessed the team at times um, emerge as a much better team than what we saw in the Week 18 performance, I think that that's a recipe for success. And I'll be damned if this team loses to the 49ers for a third time. In one season, you know, (laughs) so for me, I think that the Rams are going to win this game and I don't, I, I I can't say that they're going to dominate. I'd love to say it, but I can't. Um, but I do think that the Rams have put themselves in a position to where that this could be a, a very, very winnable game.
2: Yeah, man. It feels like this was meant to happen. I mean, I don't know. As stupid as it sounds, you know, we we lose to this team twice this year. We can't beat them. We're all sitting there having absolutely no faith that we could ever beat this team again. I don't want to see them in the playoffs. Some people were like, yeah, I'd rather go through them than run away from them. And I was like, nah, just let somebody else uh, play us. But here we are, man. It's like the stars aligned. We let this team into the playoffs. We couldn't beat them. And then we got to take the hardest road. We go through a division rival in the first round. We vanquish our Tom Brady demons in the second round. And they're waiting for us again. You know, they take care of the Cowboys. They take care of the Packers. Here we are, the two best teams in the NFC West facing off again. It's, It's just like destiny, man. And as much as my brain is telling me that we can't beat this team because they just have our number. We're going to fucking beat this team. We're going to walk into SoFi no matter what the split of fans is, no matter how many red jer- red shirts are in the crowd, and we're going to win. I-, I-, I feel good about it. We're the better team. Their quarterback sucks. Uh, we have a good quarterback. If he doesn't throw three interceptions and the Rams can take care of the ball in this game, if they win the turnover battle, I have absolute confidence they're going to win this game. I I don't think Sean McVay is going to lose the seventh time to Kyle Shanahan in a row. I just, I just don't think it's going to happen.
1: Uh, cause I don't know what I'm going to do if it does. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. Um, it'll, uh, one thing I have to say is this, this matchup alone right here proves not that anyone really challenged this notion, but, uh, it proves that the NFC West was the best division of football.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, Not
1: even close. Without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, the Rams moved past the Arizona Cardinals, who, I mean, unfortunately, they kind of fell off the face of the earth. But um, beyond that, the 49ers and the Rams are both representing the NFC West here. That, I mean, how freaking incredible... Is that that these three teams were in the playoffs, and now it's down to two teams from the NFC West? Got to give a shout out to the NFC West for being the best division in football. Yep,
2: break it, break them up. Uh, let, let's let's bust this monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Wouldn't have it any other way, man. Uh, but it's like, like to look stuff to look out for with them. Uh, Debo's banged up. It seems like he's going to play. Um, Trent Williams and Jeff Wilson both have ankle sprains. They haven't said how severe Trent Williams is. Uh, if it's a high ankle sprain, there's a chance he doesn't play, but I feel like he's going to be out there. He's been waiting for this game his entire career. But I don't know, man. We're just, we're a better team. Uh, they have a great defense. It's going to take some doing for us to, to put some work in on them, but I, I believe we can do it. And I just, our defense is playing the best football they played all year. And I, I do believe that we can stop the run. And if we can stop the run, uh, we can just stop them from drowning us down on the ground the entire game. They have good pass catchers, but we could handle this quarterback. And if the pass rush is playing well and getting to Jimmy and rattling him, he's not going to fucking win the game. We, we get up early in this game, even though we blew it last time when we got up early. Uh, I think we're going to win. I, I truly do. Uh, I I got a 27-23 victory Rams sending them to the Super Bowl in this game, and I feel good that we're gonna happen. I don't know how. Maybe I'm just doing a lot of mental gymnastics right now, but I just feel like we're such a better team.
1: I'm gonna say a thirty to twenty three victory. Um, I I think that the Rams prove that they're that they're worthy of being in the Super Bowl, and uh, they finally. Go over that last hurdle that's in their way, and that's Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers.
2: Yep, we got through Brady. We got to get through him. Stafford was sacked five times the last time we played them. Uh, the line was a huge contributing factor to that loss, and they went line and then coaching was what we said. Are you confident that they could hold him? Defense, Can you hold this defense, hold this pass rush?
1: I think so. I think that um, I think Sean McVay, as frustrated as I get with McVay's play calling from time to time, one thing I will say is he does good adjustments when it comes to week to week performances, and I think we've seen that in, in these playoff games alone. So, um, I I I am not going to sit here and say that the offensive line will be flawless. But I do think that McVay will have a game plan going to, uh, you know, kind of protect Stafford a little bit better.
2: Yeah. Jimmy can't keep getting away with this, man. He can't keep getting away
1: with it. (laughs) I've never seen a team carry a quarterback so much.
2: And his last four starts. He's had zero touchdowns, one interception, zero touchdowns, one interception, one touchdown, two interceptions, one touchdown, two interceptions. It's nuts. It's absolutely insane.
1: (laughs) He's he's a modern-day Tim Tebow.
2: (laughs) All he does is win. I don't get it. Uh, I don't get it. Um, God, man. I don't know what we're going to do coming on the spot if we lose. Uh, just i can't take another 49ers loss i can't do I,
1: it i i may call in sick i i may i may not come on the pod i just i don't know if i could do it Nah, I, i'd probably come on the pod but still <laughs> uh i'm gonna be extremely pissed off um yeah i i, I let, let's hope for better days
2: do, do do quick yes or no do you think the season is a failure if we lose this week
1: yes yeah agreed
2: and if it was Green Bay, I don't know if I would say that, but it's San Francisco. Yeah, it's a fucking
1: failure if we lose. Exactly. And to tell you the truth, the whole the whole point of this season was to get to the Super Bowl and bring bring home the, the Lombardi Trophy. And uh, yeah, if it's all the same to to the Rams, let's let's just go ahead and do that.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, listen, if we get to the Super Bowl and lose to the Chiefs, I'm not going to sit here and say this season was a complete failure. On no level would it be. Uh, That's what your goal is. You want to win the Super Bowl, but if you lose in the Super Bowl to a team that you were basically striving to become, be on their level, it is what it is. But you can't lose to the 49ers again. You you can't fucking do it.
1: But if you lose to the Bengals in the Super Bowl. (laughs)
2: I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> man, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen with them this week, but Joe Burrow's on a rookie contract. They're two stud receivers on rookie contracts. That team's gonna be good for a little bit. They're gonna be in the mix for the next couple of years. No no doubt about it. Uh shout out to Zach Taylor. Joe Burrow, man, they're they're doing something special up there. uh any other thoughts before before we go oh i gotta throw this out um if you want to know who sean payton's rooting for in the playoffs he said he's rooting against the rams because they're the reason shocker. he didn't make the playoffs sean payton did i say something different
1: no i said shocker
2: oh shocker uh yeah he's rooting against the rams in the playoffs because they're the reason he didn't make it so in just one last act as head coach of the saints not taking responsibility for his own actions. He says the Rams are the reason he didn't make the playoffs, not because he uh, coached a bad team and only won nine games despite a cakewalk schedule. Uh, He leaves the Saints with a $74 million over the cap uh, and a legacy of being the only head coach to ever be suspended by the league. Uh, Good riddance, and he'll probably have a movie made about his life starring Kevin James that gets a 7% on Rotten Tomatoes.
1: Cough Coward. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, <laughs> yeah, nah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Cough, Why coward.
2: would you stay? Why would you stay and try and figure it out? Because you don't have to. You don't have nope. to. And somebody's going to pay him $10 million a year to coach their team.
1: But you know who else runs? Who? Cowards. <laughs> I'm, just say- I'm just saying. Uh, God There's help correlation us. Correlation there. God help us all if
2: we don't win this week, man.
1: I can tell you there are a lot of people that are just dying and just absolutely biting at the bit to roast me if if the Rams do not advance, especially a lot of 49er friends that I have. I... <laughs> In fact: I have an aunt coming over to watch the game with us who is a 49er fan. She'll be the first one to roast me, so uh, let's let's not do that.
2: Yeah, man, that'd be tough. Hey, before we go, if you got tickets to sell, Johnny's in the market,
1: so hit up our guy. I I am, and uh, uh, I I if you have it for a uh, for a you know Rams talk discount, um, <laughs> I, I'd be very grateful because uh unfortunately i cannot afford 600 cheap seat yeah it's yeah hurts my wallet just thinking about it
2: yeah listen there's been a a lot of talk about selling tickets to rams fans or just going to the game and i hope everyone does that uh but if a 49er fan called me and offered me like three thousand dollars for my seat uh i'm sorry y'all i'm letting one of them in the building
1: (laughs) that's fair that's fair actually (laughs)
2: uh <laughs> oh man well I, I i have faith we'll get some rams fans in the game i listen the 49ers fans travel well they're gonna have a lot of fans there but we just got to be loud as well hope for the best and hopefully we'll be back next week after a win to talk about the upcoming super bowl uh follow us on twitter at super at johnny5not6 at talk rams and we'll talk to you guys soon
1: Tell Sean Payton, keep talking that mm-hmm. we gon' see him soon. You feel me? Mm-hmm.